Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 346. The Nerdist TV show is currently running. If you're listening to this uh, in April of 2013, uh, our episode this Saturday is with Elijah Wood and Ben Schwartz, who was awesome on the podcast, and uh, Camille Nanjiani is going to be on, so uh, tune in. It comes on uh, right after Orphan Black, which is right after Doctor Who, Saturday nights on BBC America. I think 10 p.m. is the uh, is the Eastern Standard Time. And uh, also, I'm going to be doing stand-up in a lot of places. Uh, Comedy Works in Denver, May 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Um, then I'm coming to uh, Portland, Helium in Portland, May, I think, 9th. And then uh, going to London. Then going to D.C. and Baltimore. Anyway, go to Nerdist.com slash calendar to uh, get tickets for all those. Oh, and the Moon Tower Festival. I'm performing in Austin, Texas for the Moon Moon Tower Festival coming up next week. So uh, that is also something to look into. Moon Tower Festival, Austin. And uh, I would like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, Audible.com. Visit Audible.com slash Nerdist. Get a free audiobook download. Listen whenever, wherever you want. It's just like a podcast. Except there's a narrative arc <laughs> and an exact structure and an ending, probably. Uh, Audible has over 100,000 titles to choose from, every genre. Audible's got you covered. That is audible.com slash Nerdist to get your free audiobook download. Uh, this episode of the podcast is uh, my... My old comedy friend, Natasha Leggero. Now, not old as in she is old. Old as in we've been friends for a really long time. We did a lot of uh, open mics together in the early 2000s in Los Angeles. And uh, I had her on the Nerdist TV show. You know, you feel bad when it's been, when you've had a podcast for three years. And there are some of your friends where you're just like... I go, even There's a thing that happens where like a year goes by and you're like, Oh, there's a couple of people I haven't had on yet. And then you try to schedule them and maybe it doesn't work out. And then two years go by, and then you're kind of embarrassed. But three years? Come on, Chris Harvick, what are you doing? I know, but we finally, I finally had uh, Natasha on, so I'm glad that uh, that she wasn't like, you had me before th- year three, but now go fuck yourself. Uh, she, she did not do that, as is evidenced by the fact that this is the Nerdist Podcast number 346 with Natasha Legero. Now entering... Nerdist.com
the call, by the way. You're gonna you're taking piano lessons? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I did that for a while a few uh, several years ago. I have and an then amazing I... teacher. Oh. Is it Michael learning, Cassidy? No. I've been learning for a year, but I know like 20 songs. Like she taught me chords and then chord inversions and then tempos. Like I just learned Bossa Nova this morning. So it's like once you learn the chords and then the tempos, you can just do anything. So, I don't know how to the, uh, so you could play the separate. Sex in the City soundtrack. <laughs> for Bossa Nova. <laughs> Maybe I don't have the music right. <laughs> that might be more of a samba. Boop, 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 boop. Natasha Legero, God damn it. It is a travesty. That we've had a podcast for three years, and this is your first appearance on it. You know, I have to admit, or I have to say to you, that I had a podcast before you. And I did your and podcast. And you came over the and Lavender you were like, Hour. I should have a podcast. Well, yeah. I don't think you said it like that. But everyone who came over started a podcast the next week. Can I tell you that... I know I didn't invent the podcast. No, but it was a fun experience, and you guys had the snowball mic, yeah. and... Uh, you did it from your apartment, and then Natasha made dinner. Oh yeah! And oh. she made lasagna that I was fucking awesome. I remember you really liked the lasagna. It was so good. The whole experience was fun. That's my that's my party piece. That's all I know how to make. The, the lasagna. I do I do make great lasagna. Nice. It's from the back of a box. It I don't I don't care. But I'm really good at following directions. You just heat it up. No no no. no I mean just... you make it from scratch. It's involved. I mean, can you, that was my plan. I did that for like three months. I would have someone over every week and make them a lasagna. I I don't see any reason to, if because it's that good, there is no reason to not do that. I'm really happy with the smart water you gave me here. You're going to, is it going to? Don't don't give, don't give him the credit. I'm the one who gave it to you. Jonah gave it to me. That's true. Thanks. Well, but. No, yeah, I was trying to find a way and no, to justify no taking way. credit no, for no, that. I bought there's, it myself. No way, Jonah. Was and it was, was going to be for me, but I said, you know what? Natasha wants water. I'll the give it to her. That's I a good friend. I no longer make lasagna or have a podcast. What? So I'm happy <laughs> yeah. to be on your I missed out on both of those things. Sorry. Did the podcast go in the breakup? Yeah, um, Duncan got the podcast. <laughs> you got so, the dog. Very modern. Yeah. I got both dogs. Yeah. Very, very modern relationship. Yeah. <laughs> he separated the podcast. I got I got the trivia team. I got the Twitter account. He got the podcast. <laughs> like you're separating all of your digital yeah. properties. I got the In And our parents' generation would have to separate <laughs> children. Would have to separate real property. This generation has to separate intellectual property. It was yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We got we got to figure out how to break up our. What about IP? that bit we would always do in the morning? Well, you can have that. <laughs> the brushing the teeth. Thing. Now, yeah, you can have that. Okay, you can, you can take that to your next relationship. Now, your your comedy voices were so. I mean, you you've dated a couple comics that I know. Uh, I, I like funny people. But the you, movie or the actual. <laughs> but the only actual people. But but is it? You know, I've dated. I've dated. Well, I've never. Well, I guess I've dated comedians before. But there's that moment where you're riffing, and then you both kind of look at each other like. Is that going to be yours or is that going to be mine? Did you have those moments or were your voices different enough? Um, We had something called... Hold on. I wrote it down. I'm sorry. I just learned what this was yesterday. It's worth talking about. Okay. Let me pull out my stand-up notes with the gum on it. It's called... (laughs) Literally, um, that is the most tattered sheet of paper. Oh, intersubjectivity. Do you know what that is? I do not know what intersubjectivity is. It's where you inspire each other and you you kind of come up with things based on the other person. Like, it was weird. It was like, I don't know. I just feel like... Like being each other's muses? Well, it was a very... Yeah, it was like very... It it wasn't like competing bits. It was more like... uh, Contribution. Yeah, like I would inspire him and he would inspire me. Like, we actually, like, 
yeah, we wrote it. We wrote things together, and we wrote a movie together. And, That's right. But it was like it was cool to be in that kind of situation that was like, you know, I would think of something funny, and then he would make it funnier, and then he would think of something funny, and I would make it funnier. Like it felt more like that. Were you a nerdy girl who went kind of glammy, or were you always sort of? Oh, honey. Come on. <laughs> I was never a nerd. <laughs> but you've dated, the, all, all the guys I know you've dated are like nerdy comics. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean, I like people who are smart and funny. And my dad's like kind of a guido, so I go like the opposite. <laughs> so I need to be around like a, like a funny Jew usually. Okay, yeah. Just to kind of like make me feel like it's going to be okay. Yeah, I think I think that is the diametrical opposite to a Guido is a funny Jew. Yeah. I think uh, they're right across from each other on the. Don't on they the say pie. that you end up uh, like uh, settling with not settling, but like getting together with your you know like if you're a guy you get you get together with your mom, a version of it. Oh God, that's not where I thought you were going. I think what happens is your you, mom's cute. Chris. My mom's adorable. Mom's I've seen you. I've met your mom a few times. She's the Italian. Feisty Italian lady. I think, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I don't know if it's that or, you know, I think opposites can attract, but then I think opposites attract for a short period of time and then at a certain point. Well, I think people are always changing. And I think mm -hmm. that, I mean, I'm probably, I don't know what you exactly consider a nerd. I mean, I just, I just mean like nerd, like, like people who are intelligent, who are into something. Like, am I like, I guess I'm a glamour nerd. D Duncan's a pretty nerdy guy. Duncan? Yeah. Is that I don't know. He's a I don't metaphysical like, nerd. He's also like a very free thinker. He's yeah. a super smart guy. And I'm I'm attracted to people with very open minds. Yeah, he's kind of a Wayne Coyne type. He, yeah. Super, super, super smart guy. Yeah, yeah. so I, I like being around smart people. I mean, do I want someone who has a action figure collection? Probably not. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this podcast was a ruse for <laughs> all three of us to try years. to go on a date with you. Do you have one? No. I don't think you're trying to go on. I'm just talking to you know people in general. Oh, you're talking oh, about the dummies podcast. listening. All right. I mean, are there listeners to this podcast? No, there's a couple. <laughs> Hundred um, thousand. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Jesus I like Christ! <laughs> that was a mumble brag. What, what did he say? Straight a up. mumble brag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did he say several million? Yeah, he's like, just just a couple. Hundred thousand. <laughs> oh, hundred thousand. That's good. Mumble brag. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go over to that. Yeah. Mumble brag is good. I like no, mumble thanks. brag. A I think lot. you can get a book deal on that. Like I think maybe so by too. tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think Harris Whittles would mind. I'll do the I'll do the first parody book of Humble Brag. Yeah, it'll be right next <laughs> to it. Urban Outfitters. That book was funny. A parody yeah, of an already existing comedy thing. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, you know, it's funny, Natasha Legero, because I've known you for a very long time, but I really don't feel like I know you very well. I feel like you really inspired my comedy a little bit. How did I do that? <laughs> well, because you were like already established when I started, and I liked how you like talked about culture. You know, I thought it was. In I liked how you would make fun of culture. Oh, that's that's sweet. And that's I feel like the first time I saw you, well, the first time I saw you, you can cut this out if you want. I probably won't. But I was. I had just started comedy. I was just started thinking. I was in LA, and I was like, I think I want to do comedy. And I remember watching TV one night. And this show Shipmates came on. I don't, I don't remember it. And I was like, who is this guy making fun of this show? I thought it was so <laughs> funny that a host was just like, because they'd cut to this girl and she'd be like, um, I, what was one of the things? Oh, give me back my weave. What? I, I paid for it. No, give me back my weave. I paid for it. And it was just this inane, like, 
fight on a ship, and they would cut to you, and you'd be like, okay, we'll be right back with <laughs> yeah. a stimulating call. Like, I was just like, how can you be making fun of a show you're on? I thought that was so hilarious. Then I saw you with Zach Galifianakis on that um, game show at M-Bar. Oh, oh joke, joke Machine. Joke Machine. machine. I was yeah. like, that's that guy. He was so funny. And oh, I was like, nice. and, I, and, I thought it, and I thought it was funny you were on that show just making fun of it. And then, and then I started seeing your comedy, and um, yeah, I, I liked how you, you you talked about relationships, but you also had like a sort of cynical view of society that I was that I was kind of into as well. That's really interesting to hear that because I didn't. I mean, the uh, those joke machines were so much fucking fun, and we did those for like for years. Yeah, I remember one time someone said something about like all the all the money you had or something, and you were like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fuck." A pile of hundred dollar bills. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that joke. Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing I remember about that joke. By the way, this is like ten years. This is a long yeah, time. A long here's time the thing ago. I remember about that specific joke, and it's rare. The and and when I explain why I remember it, it'll be clear why I remember that joke. It was. Um, I, I'm pretty sure those were back in the days when I was still drinking pretty you heavily. Were. You were. Well, I just remember you look like twenty years younger now. Sweet. But you, you, you definitely were drinking. I remember that. Okay, so uh, you know, n- near the end, the brain was getting a little fuzzy. So uh, <laughs> the, I remember that joke, and it was something like, "I'll, I'll fuck." Um, it a was pyramid. Or uh, no, I'll fuck. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll make a hundred dollar bills. I'll make a vagina at a hundred dollar bills. Yes, and fuck it. It, was. it was something like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" Gene Simmons is walking by. <laughs> oh, he sure oh, is. Or is he, that just a zombie? No. That- <laughs> <laughs> Would he come in here? No. Would Gene not. Simmons come in here? He probably wanted him, unless we paid him. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I just became pals with his camera. son Nick, and Nick is fucking awesome. Who? Nick Simmons. Who's Nick Simmons? His son, oh. who's a super incredibly smart, funny, awesome guy. Why don't you and go hang out with him then? Gene, just you know what? Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast needs a new Jonah. <laughs> Jonah's killing it. He is killing it. Mumble and he got, and he got any smart water. Good. Gene Simmons literally just kind of shuffled by. Yeah. He was he was full on shuffling. So that was that was not that was a slow. Yeah. I got no, I don't give a fuck no, that's, anymore. That's a guy waiting for people to see him. Oh, and is just that give, what that giving was? him a chance to see who it is. I don't think like, so. Like you know, a bad background extra that does like kind of a stilted walk in the background so they stay in the shot longer. Yeah, it seemed more like a septuagenarian with a bad. Die job. I like. I like Gene for his walker. If you want to be more spot on, sure. Yeah. I really like Gene. I know. He's, a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. Be nice. He's a nice guy. So you were you were fucking a vagina of hundred dollar bills, thousand dollar bills, paper mache. I. <laughs> anyway, you've uh, been it, rich for a long time. No. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. I have a question. I do went you, through periods. Can of, I ask you a question? You always have the best clothes on. Like, do you just buy new clothes every day? Like, do you do you ever repeat a a, a, a shirt? Oh my god, I'm constantly. Oh okay, because it looks like you always have on a brand new shirt, and I was like, maybe that's a way to do it. Just buy like ten. No. And then never wash them, and just like give them to your cleaning lady to clean the floors with, or something. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a that would be a power trip. That would be cool, uh, Yeah. So this this hundred dollar bills thing. Well, it just happens that I'm working on and I'm 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 I work enough now that I constantly have wardrobe. Like there's always new wardrobe I see. stuff. So, but anyway, so I made this joke about some you know someone made a joke about a shitty show that I worked on. I was like, oh fuck, a vagina on a hundred dollar bills, and it got a laugh. And then um, uh, I guess maybe a month or two later, we were doing joke machine and Howard Kramer was on and he took some sort of shot at me and I was like. I'll, you know, I'll fuck a vagina, $100 bills. He goes, I really like that joke when you did it at the last show. And oh. I was like, oh, 
Oh <laughs> shit! I did. That's not fair. Well, you know what yeah. though? It, it, he was he was right. He was what, right. You're not allowed to repeat jokes. You know, it, because the spirit of joke machine was sort of like a little roasty and riffy, and so you know, it was well within his right to go there for the shot that while we were sort of riffing back and forth that I would repeat something that I had said on one of the last shows. Right. So, and it, you know, like that was a period where the brain was getting a little fuzzy. You're allowed to use this stuff in your bag. Yeah, well, he called me out on it. Mm. But it was uh, those joke machines, like, everyone did those. Louie and Patton and Proops and Sarah and you and... I actually never did one. You never did a joke machine? No! I can't believe... Oh, maybe I we stopped once. doing them Look before you... Chicks. Maybe we stopped doing it before uh, yeah. before you were started doing stand-up. Yeah, I mean, I was still probably doing, like, open mics or something. But I did love them, and I would sit in the audience, and I thought they were so funny. I remember, like, Zach just, like, reading a porn once, like, just <laughs> on stage. Just, like, yeah, I remember, like, uh, uh, Matt Besser and Louie were on the same one, and Matt was doing a character, and every time it was up to, like, Louie Louis to, like, you know, like, slam him, he's like, why am I going to slam him? It's a fake person. It would just be <laughs> dumb. It would be a non-thing. Why would I do that? And then Matt ended up winning that fucking show. That's yeah, really those fun. were cool. I mean, it's I, I like when stand-up shows are a little more not stand-up. I think one of my, fav- <laughs> one of my favorite slams was Nick Swardson to Zach Galifianakis, where he goes... Uh, Hey, Zach, if you uh, break your ankle and have to go to the hospital, do they give you a piano to walk around on? Oh, right. I remember that, and I didn't get it, because I was like, his piano's so amazing. And then someone's like, no, it's a crutch. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, and I, still Zach doesn't do his piano anymore. I thought it was, I, I love it. Yeah. I think it's such a great we almost, addition. We almost did that show at uh, Comedy Central in like... Ooh, 2003. Why don't you pitch that as a TV show? I don't know if it would work anymore. I mean, it, it is they, it your show? No, I didn't come up with the show. The show was the show was invented by Greg Lobb and um, and Paul Hopkins and Tom Sharp all worked on it together. And Tom Sharp was the announcer. And I feel like I did one recently at Meltdown, a new one. They did. They started oh, doing it at Meltdown. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so they brought me on to host it, and then I ended up helping a little bit with the structure of the game. But it really was, you know. It really was their show, and uh, but I took it with them to Comedy Central in 2003, I think, and they Comedy Central was gonna pilot it, and then at the last then they minute, crashed it, and then they crashed it at the last minute. They decided not to do it, so we just ended up not not doing it. But it was a really fun show. I loved I loved Joke Machine. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, those were the days. They sure were. <laughs> now here we are, ten years older. Did you see the Beyonce doc? Not yet. Got a DVR. You know what's funny to me is that I read it, it said uh, Beyonce's documentary smashes HBO ratings records, and I, and I and I went to that page. I'm like, oh my god! I want what like 10, 12 million people. One point eight smashes HBO's really wow. documentary That's... numbers. Oh, I kind of figured it was more of a like well, a... HBO documentaries can be you know yeah. a little obscure previous record holder was cat, cat, cat dancers did you ever see that that was amazing <laughs> that was a real one? Oh my god it was so great it was about these lion tamers who were like the the poor man's version of Sigmund or uh, what's her name Sigmund and Freud Sigmund no shit Sigmund 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 Freud Sigmund and Freud is just one guy's name that you divided up yep that's really what it is no cat dancers was like Reno's Siegfried and Roy, and they had a bunch of lions they lived with, and they ended up like eating them. It's like the best documentary I've ever seen. <laughs> they ate the lions, or the lions ate them. The lions like ate one, of, and like they were like these this couple who also lived with a boy, and they were all three like lovers. Oh. and then they had like lions living with them, and then they would brush their teeth and sleep with them, and then like one day it like ate the lover. 
Like I ate the little boy. Jealous? Because oh. they were jealous? Huh? It was jealous? I, something. It was weird. But anyway, the point is, yeah, their docs can be very obscure. Yeah. Well, I love that. But I thought it was I a love that such special. a grisly tale was called Cat Dance. Yeah. <laughs> this is adorable. Let's get the yeah. whole family around. Kids, you love cats. Cat oh my God! Yeah. Homosexuality and the animals. But they eating were each very other. cheesy looking and very seventies, like you know, Sig Siegfried and Roy. So I mean, sure. But anyway, the Beyonce doc. What's really funny about it is they're um, they're so rich that like most of the documentary, it's like it's either. They're in the air or on sea. Like, they're never on land. Oh, like, they're always you? in a boat or in a private If plane. I was rich enough not to have to deal with the ground, I'd do it. <laughs> I'd be, I'm so over this thing beneath my you, feet. You would, you would basically just, you would basically have an aerial bathroom that you just have to go up and take a shit over. Yeah, just nothing. Over I, would the get, city. I would get some hover shoes. Yep. I'd be just done. Yeah, because when you think about how much money Jay-Z has, just Jay-Z... And then you think about Beyonce, and then you combine those elements together. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Because I was looking at her making a toast, because, you know, she's had... Here's what's weird about Beyonce, because, I mean, I, I'm i just... It's on my brain, because everyone's so into her, and I just don't see it. I don't know. I just feel like she's, like, successful Britney Spears. Like, she's, like, a made <laughs> person who has, like, a crazy work ethic, who's just, like, has all these handlers, and... I mean, she's definitely charismatic, but, like, I just don't see that she's, like, our Beatles. Like, I, I don't... No. And that's what I feel like a lot of people are coming at me with so that's why I'm like studying her but she's she's got this like she has cameras following her around like for the past like 15 years and she like every night she does her after she does her show she goes home watches the video this is cameras in addition to like just following around her life she watches the video and then the next morning she has notes for like lighting hair Whoa. everybody and she like gives like two hours worth of notes and so like it ends up being a, an extremely strategized and, you know, a manipulated performance night hmm. after night. You know, like, you know, she's always doing those air kisses. And, you know, it's just like I just find her like kind of cheesy for like yeah. being like the voice of like everyone's obsession. Like the only perf like performance at the inaugural, like, you know, inauguration, the football, the Grammys, the Oscars, the documentary. It's just kind of like you just kind of over it. Beyonce it out, man. Yeah. But I, I just, because a lot of my friends like her, I just kind of got... But anyway, the point is, you see her talking in this kitchen. I'm like, that can't be her kitchen. But then it's like, oh, that's her yacht's kitchen. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's what? like low ceiling. Yeah. Well, the yacht has a smaller a yacht kitchen to the most amazing <laughs> kitchen. Instantly. <laughs> so what you when did you start doing stand-up? Was it around 2003, 2004? Um, and why did you... Like, what was it that made you want to do stand-up? You no it was definitely um, not me. The money. No, I um I, I came here from New York. I was an I was an act actress as a child, and then um in the I'm not a star, just an actress. Like I was in plays, you know. Like I was obsessed with like I wanted to be an actress, and then I moved to New York and went to acting school, and then got my regular degree, and then I moved here, and I just thought like oh people are just so stupid in L. A. Like I just was kind of like having a reaction, and I hated it, and then I just saw this girl I knew who's not even a comedian anymore, and she was just up on stage at the comedy store talking about, like, New York and people here. And I was working at this waitressing bar, like, this bar that people were just so dumb and the whiskey bar. And I just had to, like, deal with all these L.A. girls. And then I just saw this girl talking, and I was like, oh, you can just, like, comment on society. Like, I didn't know what, what a comedian was. Like, I wasn't, like... I'm so glad, too. I got so lucky, because if I would have seen people, like especially women who are funny. Like if I would have seen like Sarah Silverman or Marilyn Rice, I would have been like, oh, I can't do this. 
<laughs> you know, but like I didn't see anybody. I didn't know. And so I was like, oh, you can just get up there and just like blab. Yeah. And so I just tried it once and it was like, it was still the best show I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I was on an Ambien and I, and I had had a glass of wine, but I just remember feeling how like. Did, how are you standing? <laughs> well, I had like half an Ambien that my hairdresser gave me. I was very nervous. It was at the comedy store, but I just didn't. But Ambien's not to relax. That's to put you out. Oh, it is? Well, I don't know. I was so nervous. I just needed something. I, I must have been a small dosage. But I do remember, this way I think it was the best show I've ever had. It was like the, when people laughed, I was not expecting it. And so it was like it, fe- it was like a visceral feeling of like waves. Like all I can describe it as is like waves of, of an ocean, like like. I don't know. It was it was it was an out of body experience, and so then I was like, "Oh, well, I got to do that again." And of course, my next show was like god awful. Yeah, <laughs> the worst. Sh- I mean, yeah. then it was just like I remember going home and being like, "Okay, this is gonna be." You have one amazing show, and you're like, "This is comedy." I yeah. know. Oh, how about those people who like open for you, and they're like, "Yeah, I do like you know, I usually like to do like two and a half hours." I'm like, yeah. "How do you?" You doing two yeah. hours. My favorite is uh, someone's like, uh, I've been thinking about doing stand-up comedy. I have about I have about half an hour's worth of material. I was like, that'll be five minutes when you're on stage. It <laughs> took me, I'd say, t- to be able to feature, to do a half an hour, it took me like six years. It takes a long time. It took me a really long but time. But I remember seeing you at the Bruco. I think that's where I first started meeting you. It was at the Westwood Brewing Company. Yeah. The Vance's open mic. Yeah. No, I started uh, No, I started working really hard. And that's what was cool about yeah. I think I was dating a comedian at the time and like he was like had a crazy work ethic. And I remember he had this thing hanging up in his wall and it said um you're not good until you bomb a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, and then he had like, he crossed it out and he only had like 10 <laughs> crossed out. And I was like, he's going to try to bomb 90 more times. But it was like cool to think like, oh, you got to like real, like it's about bombing and it's yeah. about fucking up. And I remember that about you. Like right when I like met you in the comedy scene, like you were just, and like I remember for a time, like you had to, like your car was broken down or something like that, and you were just catching the bus to all these open mics. I think, is that... <laughs> that is so embarrassing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's I th- fine. I thought I mean, it was. I, I got was a like, car now. Yeah, this was a long time do ago. Do you? Yeah, of course yeah. you do. I no, remember... but I remember like you were just like like uh, like you you met you would have all these like it's like it's like I got here on the bus and be like wow I fucking I am so lazy. I remember I always felt so lazy compared to you. My car got like, one time a car a, a cop pulled me over. I was on my way to a show and he took away my car. And just left me at the bus stop with like a stack of headshots. Like I was like, <laughs> "Can I take my headshots?" So I remember I was on the Why corner did you take of your Vermont car? because, well, because I had a shitty car and it kept like, you know how if you do. I spent so much time at the DMV for my first three years in LA. <laughs> I had to wait in line every month to get one of those stickers because, oh, like, big... you know, when people have a sticker that's like one, two, three, you're like, that means that it's it's the police can't technically pull you over for no registration until the first of that month. So like, I would like go to the DMV and be like, can I please get till April? So sometimes I would get like a, like a two month thing. But anyway, I, why did he pull me? Oh, because my car didn't have, I had this whole scam running. Like it couldn't be, it wasn't registered, but I didn't have insurance, but I couldn't get the insurance till it was registered and passed the smog test. So, you know, it was a whole thing. Yeah. But anyway. But that, that's but you were great. You were dedicated. I was dedicated. That's why I brought yes. it up. Well, I had. <laughs> I mean, what else was I going to do? Yeah, yeah but, I needed to get a car. But that's what's so. But <laughs> that's <laughs> what drove you in your early <laughs> days of comedy. God, I need a car. I guess I got to go check out these open mics. <laughs> but that's what's so. I think that's what's so fun and interesting, is that you know your presentation is this. 
you know, even, even in what I perceive to be the presentation of your stand-up persona is a character who's very well put together on the outside, but not on the inside. Oh, interesting. Is that's, the, how, that's how you see my character? I think so, yeah. Of, like, the character that's sort of, like, above everything, but way, you know, but but kind of a little fucked up inside. Right, like incapable of love. Yeah, that just I think there's just there's. Is that's the character. <laughs> Shut up! I do love my dogs. I, I cannot tell a lie. No, I think that uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, I think it changes. That's what's that's what's cool. Like your comedy's different than it was when I first like. When oh, I first saw you. I, I still, unfortunately, would say something like, fuck a vagina made out of $100 bills, but I guess, uh, but, but I think it's the name of your next special. It's, why not? <laughs> yeah. uh, $100, $100 vajays. Well, um, I, I, yeah, I think that it changes, right? Because well, my whole thing it used has to be to. like, I wanted to be glamorous, and I saw myself as this glamorous entity that was just like, gonna you know take over my surroundings at, at all times but then i had like you know i was taking the bus so yeah, it was yeah. like but i would still that's try what, to like keep up about. those appearances you know but and i did for a while it was hard like once you start getting some money you're like oh is my am i gonna lose my because yeah. i do feel like you're funnier sometimes i was funnier when i had like nine dollars in my account yeah because it kind of drives you a little more i mean you just have to find out the new targets and the new that's why the comedy is shifting because you're changing sure and i think it's important to let that happen so yes. that you can because you don't you don't want to be doing the same stuff you were doing 10 years ago so it's totally no and people and also people like even though i'm not rich like if i talk about like taking a bus in Detroit, people are like, but you're a celebrity. <laughs> you know, because they see you on E. So they're like, oh, you know, so it's like you have to kind of be true to. Was it, um, uh, I'm interested to know what the experience was like for uh, a female comic, particularly one who it's like, you know, your outward persona is very glamorous. And and you're navigating like the comedy store, and you're navigating open mics and comedians, and you know you must have. It definitely gave me a lot of material. You must have had this conversation a million times. I'm I, I'm not going to go out with you. <laughs> I mean that's but that's not true because I feel like guys are like guys are afraid to ask female comedians out. They yeah. really are. First of all, they think automatically that you're going to be talking about how big their dick is on stage. <laughs> I mean, I think that goes through everybody's head. Like they just—I would love yeah. for someone to talk about how big my <laughs> dick is on stage. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone just thinks immediately you're going to be like roasting them in front of everybody. Oh, it's like you a mean public the other humiliation. Way. You know, people didn't really ask me out. I never, I never wanted to. I never like uh, not you. Never you, asked not, me not out, you. Jonah. No, not not you. But like, I never wanted. You're too to, tall for me. I am. It would just be weird. Everyone would laugh. Um, but it was just—I never wanted to ask anyone out in the comedy scene. Because I, I would always be like, it's going to go bad, and then I'm just going to have to keep on seeing them at every night of the week at all these different shows. Especially in the early days when everyone's going to the same shows and open mics. And now there's more shows in L.A., but early on. Is there a group, like when we were all doing that, like is there a group doing that now, and where are they? Um, oh. they're, they're at Meltdown. They're at Meltdown, UCB, um, Tiger Lily. Um, is it still? Uh, that's right. You know, I nice started there. Tiger Lily. You did, yeah. When it yep. was on, um, when it was called Tiger, well, the restaurant was called Tiger Lily. Oh yeah, on Vermont. Vermont. Yeah, and then fun. that restaurant changed names like five times, and then it moved to yeah. It was it wasn't you and Melinda, right? Yeah, and, 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 and Maria. And Maria. And you know what's interesting about that place is 
when we started doing our show there, I guess that's where, um, before, that's where uh, Tenacious D was doing their their stuff before they got big. Oh, really? In when that, it was like say, the, in a different... It was the Hollywood Hills Cafe, it, I think. But there used to be a stage there before it was that cafe. Oh, wow. And the, yeah, so I thought it was... It's always cool when there's like energy for comedy. That's why I like the comedy store. I, I just like being at a place that's been... That comedians have been performing place scares at. the yeah. shit out the of me. The comedy store? Yeah, because it's such a, you know... it. The comedy store is a very specific type of environment. And I feel like one that... Lawless. Well, it is a bit lawless. It is a bit I've lawless. had a drink thrown in my face by another comic there. And, Whoa. and so, first of all, I want to hear about that. <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk about that story. But, um, <laughs> but the comedy store, I feel like, is such a, a, a trek to Mordor. Like it's, it can have one of two effects on people. It either makes you a bulletproof comedian. Because if you can, if you can survive at the comedy store, there's really not much else that could be thrown at you that you wouldn't be able to handle. Or... It just sends you down this path of just bitterness and like and rage. Is that what it did to you? I didn't really do it that often. I mean, I did it, you know. You don't do it ever? No, I haven't done the comedy store in years. Interesting. Because I, I, it just it's isn't. It's tourists in the crowd. It I mean, is. It's, yeah. it's not like it's a hip crowd in any no. way. But somehow they're like, they're not, in, you know, like an alternative room or a room like Meltdown. They're kind of, or UCB. They're into like the punchlines, the references. Comedy store is more about like your energy as a funny person. Like, they're not going to get, like, your really hip reference. In fact, they probably won't. But a lot of times it's about, like, that. And it's great for crowd work. And Yeah, Yeah, there's no question. I I, I just, you know, I I think uh, early on, I mean, I used to do the belly room. Uh, When I first started out, actually, I think my first show, when I officially said I am going to start doing stand-up in 1998, was at the belly room. That's where I, yeah, that's where I started. It was a, the, I like that room a lot. A woman named Bobby Shropshire was running the show. You know, just really quickly, you know, that room is why it's called the belly room. It was like, it's Mitzi made it for women. Yeah. She thought it would be a safe place for like women to do comedy, like a womb. Oh, I didn't it's realize It's so weird, because too, because it's also like, there's like an outside entrance around the back. Like, it's just like, <laughs> just don't come in the front door. Go around back. Know ye women here. But yeah, it, is those... a, it is a good, very supportive, nurturing type room. Each yeah. each each of the set performance spaces at the comedy store has its own personality, and mm-hmm. the belly room is is a it can be a very warm room. I think because it's so intimate. And the OR, the original room, is I don't is very like that's where it feels like that a fucking hard. battlefield. Yeah, and that then, one's weird. And then the main room. If it's full, can be amazing, but that's where you know that's where Richard Pryor and all these and Kinnison and you know and and the and the inside of the comedy store hasn't really changed since those days either. So that's what I love about it. <laughs> like there's actual like mirrored piano tables all backstage that they yeah. used to do coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's and, and they're and, still there. These like <laughs> tables and, and they're I all think, scratched up. And yeah. I think that's sort of I think the I think. I think that's what I see about your kind of dichotomous nature is is. This this glamorous presentation, but you like really dirty things, in That's a weird true. sort of way. Like there, there's sort of a, it, I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it other than that. I'm just but, cool, man. <laughs> this is fucking killing it. <laughs> Wait, you know, um, you know, at the comedy store though, I have to tell you this, I, you have to bring people up. So sure. that's another yeah. aspect of it. Like a lot of times, it's not a host. And I was there recently, and Martin, I had to go up after Martin Lawrence, uh-huh. and he's like doing like you know he is a master at like dry pussy, wet pussy, any kind of pussy jokes you can think of. He was killing, killing. And they're like, okay, who's next? And they're like Natasha Leggero, and he's like, what? They're like Natasha Leggero, 
He's like, well, I'm black. I can't say that shit. And I go, uh, just say Natasha Martin. And he goes, bitch, I don't work for you. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, am I not allowed to swear on this? No, you, you can, can say whatever you, can you want. Swear okay. you want. And so he like was really rude. And then he waited for me in the parking lot. That's what I mean. It's like a lawless environment. Like you just kind of feel it's like. It's like Deadwood. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Natasha. And I was like, yeah, Martin. He's like, how long have you been doing comedy? And I was like, I don't know, 10 years? He's like, I've been doing it for 20, and I don't work for you. And I go, Martin, I was just telling you what my name was. Jeez. And he's sweating. I don't know, maybe something's wrong with him. But then I asked him to hold he my purse. He seems. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, I mean, then he laughed. But it was just like, so you get like that element of like insanity yeah. there but that the, I kind of like. I know, but I, the, that's. That's not happening at the Laugh Factory. No, but the, no. that's that's the kind Daryl. of, that's the kind of, I, I, I like a comedy environment and maybe this is, maybe this makes me a, a, a not as good a comic, but I like. I like friendly nurturing environments. I just do. And so the idea that someone would be like, I don't, I'd be like, I don't fucking have energy for this shit. I don't want to be here. This isn't fun. You know, like I want, I want comedy to be fun. And so no, I, I know, I just I know. don't, I just don't know if I, I, I just don't know if I would, I, you know, I still feel like I should go just do it because well, the way it was best described to me is like when basketball players, I don't really know anything about basketball, but apparently when they're you're like, in the right place, well, when they're practicing, they put a little thing on the hoop to make it harder Oh sure. To put put the ball in. It's kind of like that. Right. Yeah. So then, if you can get good at that. Then... Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was saying before. Like yeah. it's 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 performing in ankle weights, or it's like it's yeah. it's just like you're it's 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 strengthening your armor, which is which is good. I mean, it's I I think, you know, for a large part of your comedy career, I think that's you need that. But then at a certain point. I just I think you just don't need that anymore. You're right. I, sometimes I still act like I just am just starting, and I'll just keep going up. No, you're really like, funny. You've been doing comedy for a long time. <laughs> you've 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 kind of kind of started to figure it out. I know. Sometimes you just like it's hard to get out of your old habits of just like, why are you doing that? Like, yeah. why are you going why up are you in Anaheim? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you just have to get out of that work ethic. Is it, just it, enjoy life. Get the hot tub. Relax. <laughs> Did you get a hot tub? I'm getting one, yeah. But we, I, we're, no, sorry. you ask about the hot tub. I know. I'm just I, like it's I'm obsessed a, with her. Well, have you do, you? do you want a hot tub? No, I don't. I don't think we can fit one in. But your place is perfect for one. Yeah. I remember saying that to D when we like. I was like, put a hot tub right there. It'd be really nice. Yeah, man, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice place. She uh, can design the shit out of a house. Oh, you never been over? No. Hmm. I got a nice house. I just got a house. I need help. There's nothing in it yet. Should, you should talk to her. I well, you know, I was thinking I should I should help design how I should help design interiors. Make it a show on TLC. I'll do that when I'm sixty. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I could do that too. There's not going to be a TLC when you're sixty. There's I have not going to be that's television. That's going to be the only channel. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's just going to be you know just small people and uh, people with two heads. You don't think there's going to be television? Not not in you know not in twenty five years. I saw you. I mean, interview. there'll be something. There'll be something. I don't think it'll be television the way that we are watching. There goes my dream of being a TV star. I think there will be there will be entertainment. I just don't think it'll necessarily be traditional television. What were you saying? I saw the Stephen King th- or Stephen King. What's his name? Larry King. That Larry yeah. King thing where you were like, "There's like one little piece that's missing." Yeah. It's like a. It's a de- the, the the delivery system is missing. So it's like once we get that cord. Yeah. Everything's gonna. Be connected. It's, it's it's basically the you know the 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 a viable platform doesn't exist yet, which allows non early adopters the ability to easily jump back and forth between. I mean, you like, know, if you're if you're under twenty five, you probably watch a lot of stuff on Xbox or Hulu or Apple TV or Apple TV or Roku or or, or you know. But 
I would say if you're under 40, you do that. I mean, I, I think a lot. Well, a lot of people, people yeah. under 40 do, but 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 again, you know, America's a very large country, and, right, and right. a surprising number of people are not as hip to technology as we think they are, and so you know, but this generation that's 25 and under now is, and so in 25 years, like there, this whole generation of people is growing up consuming content not in the way that we did when we were growing up. And so that's why I think when their generation sort of becomes the dominant, when they get to their prime, they're not going to, like, why would they go back and start watching television if they haven't for the first, you know, 15 years of their life? Or, you know, it's just, it's, it's going to happen. And so the delivery system, much in the way that iTunes kind of made podcasting mainstream because they made it very easy for people to get podcasts, used to be really and tough. And it's free. It's free. Um, so when a delivery system exists in place that is like, you know, one cable comes, theoretically, I don't know if this is how it would be delivered, but one cable comes into your house instead of cable and internet, and it's just your entertainment source, then, you know, television networks become apps, and your television is some form of, of OS, which it already kind of is. You What's know, OS, oh, operating, operating system. system? Like you don't, you don't pick, you don't go. I'm going to go to channel 398. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying. No, no I'm very you. interested in this topic and in what's happening, but I just don't know all the lingo. No, I love just a. Hmm. But it's, 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 but it's, it's so insane to me when you go to like one of these multicam tapings that like this is still something. They're still doing it. It feels like this like. Dinosaur. It feels. It almost feels like. Remember when TV started? They would just like take a play, like Our Town, and they would just have like two, yeah. like one camera, yeah. and yeah. just record it. And that's what people would watch on their TV. Yeah, like that's what it feels like. And then I now I've been doing all these festivals, like because I'm in Burning Love. I don't yeah. know if you've seen this. Which it's is gonna great. Be on it's e. great. But yeah, so it's it's um what they're doing now. I'm sure you guys know this, but it's I just think it's so hip. Is like they're traveling to all these comedy festivals, all these new web web series, and they're playing them for live audience, and they're really seeing what people are laughing at, and it's such a modern way to do the um, what's the thing you know where they stand out in Vegas and pay people $30 to come watch your thing oh you mean like a, like te to test a show yes like yeah. the testing audiences oh, yeah, like yeah. it's such a modern cool way to be it's so innovative like that's where the future is and they're still like testing multicams in Las Vegas to see what people are responding to yeah and it's it's just uh, I just think it's such a cool time to be involved and yeah in, it's all really fun I, I, I mean it's it's interesting and a little unpredictable. Well, yeah, it's changing. It's changing like all the time. Well, you just don't know. You just, you just. It's very difficult to pinpoint what people are going to like, and because the delivery system is really important, because now a lot of digital media hinges on whether or not people share it. Because there's not like a standardized platform like television that everyone is sort of forced to watch. They're basically just jumping video to video or one episode to one episode. They're not engaged in the way where it's like, let's sit down and flip channels and then just we'll, we'll stumble upon something. Do people still do that? I, I think probably more than you would think because, again, I think most of the country is a, a little bit more behind than we would assume. But um, but uh, but uh, but uh, not but a lot of people don't. Like the House of Cards model, that's like the new thing. People want it all at once. And they want to watch it at their leisure. And the House of Cards model was very was was really it was a risk. Um, Why can't we call it the Lilyhammer model? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lilyhammer, I think, was a show that they bought that they didn't produce. Oh. That Netflix did. I don't think Netflix produced Lilyhammer. I think they just bought it. But House of Cards, they produced. Um, you know, and again, it's it's a testament to this idea that 
that content is now rules. The content is king in our culture that, you know, a show like, like, because if House of Cards had been crappy, then obviously no one would have cared. But because it has Kevin Spacey and it's apparently really good, I haven't seen it yet, that, you know, everyone's talking about it and everyone's got to watch it. And, you know, you just sort of, we binge consume now. I think they should have doled them out one by one week after week. So because I think a lot of TV watching that people are forgetting about online stuff is that it's a you know the culture of you like want the you conversation know, to go yeah exactly like seeing an episode of Breaking Bad right. then talking to your friends about it going what do you think's gonna happen and it's like oh well, I know it's gonna happen because I watched the rest of the season but the only problem with that is that people are like I mean I don't know if you guys realize this but we don't have servants and people what? are <laughs> people's lives are spinning out of control nobody has any time for anything like there's just no time like the people I know who have children. Like they, they don't, I mean, their one free moment is Saturday and then they're like doing their laundry and yeah. buying their groceries. And it's like, in order to watch something, it's like, okay, Saturday night we can, we can knock this out. Like it's people don't have the leisure anymore. Yeah. yeah Just want to watch everything and then life gets in the way. Ugh. But did you, uh. I was trying to get in the fact that we don't have servants is insane. But <laughs> I guess I just let that slip by. I did. I gave, an, I gave a disgusted, ugh. I'm talking ugh. Downton Abbey style, you. not root style. You right, know, right, right. Just the idea that we have to, like, you guys. Servants are color. You mean, it's the same color as us. It's totally fine. You mean, you mean hired servants versus indentured servitude. Yes, I mean people who enjoy right, right. bringing you, you know, checking hmm. the, the, the temperature uh, of your bathwater. I bath still water. don't know. Yeah. I still don't know if I want to get a serv- I want to get a live-in servant for our two-bedroom house. And just, <laughs> just a live-in, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I heard that they're not that expensive. It's like, really? in the, it's like in the jerk when he's getting millions of dollars and the servants is like, you could afford yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're no, living you in their can, apartment you in You can Venice. get a, live, a Russian live-in <laughs> Jesus for $500 a month. A month? Because you feed them and let them live with you. So you're just paying to have a roommate. They're gonna feed me. A roommate who brings you bedtime biscuits. Shit. <laughs> Goes to Rite biscuits. Aid for you. <laughs> Listen. Um, I, I, I'm curious. Fine, change the subject. No, I'm not. It's just I wanna I wanna talk about I wanna talk about that. I wanna talk about that. I wanna we talk don't about, have to. It's a slippery slope. No, no, yeah, I can't wanna, get real raise the ass. It's a slippery comedy slope. But that's what no. I want to talk about with you and your comedy is that is that double you, diamonds? It's a slippery comedy slope. It's yeah. a double diamonds. Oh yeah, it was a it was a ski reference. It's a, it's a resort reference. I thought you would appreciate it. I like double. I want to name my album Double Diamonds. Double Diamonds. Good, yeah. I get double diamonds. So here's the point that I'm uh, that I want to make is that yeah. I, and and I want to know and I want to know I want to know from yes. your point of view what it what it what it's been like because um, comedy a lot of comedy I think is an audience coming in and not and not being threatened by the comic on stage. If they, if they feel threatened by the comic on stage, they're not going to be on board. So here you are, uh, an attractive comic whose persona is kind of glam and making jokes about why can't we all have servants. And so if people, because I find that a lot of mainstream audiences will take what you say at face value. And so they'll say, like, she probably really means that, as opposed to kind of going along with with the character and the bit. So... Have you found that? First of all, I would like to clarify. I do think it would be nice to have servants. (laughs) Why? Of (laughs) course it would. But the idea that, well, but like everyone used to have people like just the the fact that like a bachelor. Well, I know you're engaged now, but like Jonah, are you supposed to cook, do all your cleaning, do laundry, decorate your house, make all your meals? It's insane. It's bullshit, is what it is. (laughs) But yes, so your question is. Your so how do you is, how do you break down because I, I think it's just something that instinctually either happens or doesn't. I mean, also I, I don't think I'm 
that um, I don't think people are that intimidated by me when I get on stage either because I'm 4'11". <laughs> I mean, that's something you might want to consider. Yep. Um, also, I think that, you know, if you have like a, a, a you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of silly on stage. I mean, it's like it's not like I'm serious, real serious about all these issues. I would like a sermon, but I'm just telling you. You do have a like called assistance now. Yes, live-in assistance. I don't have a live-in. You don't. No. You have an assistant. No. I'm so sorry. Your life must be so tough. What is what is the actual question though? Because I would like to give you a good answer for it. Well, it's just the idea of like if you're asking me like how can you like dress nice and have the audience not hate you. And 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 also in the presentation of your material, which is, you know, some of it comes from this place of, you know, uh, elitism. Yes, elitism. The sort of the put upon upper class kind of like right. But I mean, look what's behind it. Someone who can't get their car registered. I mean, that's what was. That's why yeah. I created that persona because I was so tired of being like a poor person and just being around like people who had things. So it's like. You can. I like the idea of reinvention, and I think maybe people can sense that from me, and they can also think like, "Oh, that is a possibility in mm-hmm. life." Like, you don't have to like, your parents don't have to be like artists and you know captains of industry for you to like become something. It'd be really great to have a captain of industry for a parent. Just a robber baron. One robber baron in the family. (laughs) I mean, doesn't Lady Gaga... Like, I think some people really do... Like, some people, you have to admit, some people start... I don't think... I think Beyonce's from, like, a poor... Oh, you're talking about from from, from starting... I'm saying some people start on, like, third base. Right. You can't deny that. I mean, that's why it takes some people so long. You know? I, I think that, like, for me... When I was 25, I was living in Australia with a con artist. Man. Like... What? Making him breakfast, like I, I had. What? Yeah. You've had a few lives. I'm just saying, like. What is that about? I just, did, I just wanted to experience life, and I didn't have guidance, so I was just like, oh, I guess I'll go do this. I'm just saying, like, when you don't, when you, when you don't have, like, you know, uh, ambitious or, uh, you know. What was he conning Australians for? Oh, I mean, he would do things like. Uh, just steal potatoes from the grocery store. I mean, he was just like stealing things, and also That's like just a no, thief, no. He but thief, he was like yeah. no. I mean, he said that he was like a, an intellectual property lawyer, but then he would get paid to do things. Like he'd get paid to write a thing on tort law, but then he would just spend the money. We go on vacation. Oh, that's great! <laughs> and I would be like, "Don't you have to write that thing?" And he'd be like, "Shut up, Wiener." <laughs> he called me Wiener. Wiener. But anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> the slight insights to that world is very fascinating. I'm just saying, if my parents like were more savvy, I would have had more direction. But you know, my dad was like, "You want to be an actress? Oh yeah, you should be Vanna White." So he was like, "You could be the next Vanna White." It was his version of an actress? Yeah, like I'm just you know like we you I had to figure everything out like so slowly that mm. you know by the time you 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 get somewhere it's like. You're kind of over it. What were you like in high school? (laughs) (laughs) Um, In high school, I just like had like three cool friends and we were like the cool people in our group. But then I would get like beat up. What? Who beat you up? Black girls. Really? Yeah. They didn't like you? Well, I mean, one of them was pregnant. I remember once and she like threw a book at my head and then we had to like go to the principal's office and... I remember standing up and I go, I just want to be able to walk around the halls 
you know, and, and wear the shoes I want to wear because I was always wearing like crazy clothes. And I was like, I want to wear the shoes I want to wear without someone beating me up. And I remember Yolanda, this girl who was beating me up, her mom was in the meeting and my mom was in the meeting. And, the mo- and Yolanda's mom goes, your shoes is ugly. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that was kind of high school, but I mean, I had, and I would always date like older guys, like who lived in Chicago, like musicians and stuff. So I was always like into music. I was never into, I don't think comedy was really a thing though. Like when I was in high school, comedy is definitely more of a thing now than it has been. Like, I feel like don't you think like in the '90s, like comedy was like like more for our parents and not so much well, for it like di- kids? Com- comedy, comedy, mainstream comedy died in the '90s after the '80s comedy boom, and it went underground. Right it- then, you have like the Janine Garofalo. Yes, San yes, yes, yes. Scene. But you wouldn't have not you wouldn't have not been exposed to that. I was not exposed to that. Where you grew up in Chicago? In Ill- Rockford, Illinois. Rockford, Illinois. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't have been. I mean, Chicago obviously has a pretty rich comedy history, but not. But it certainly, I don't think it would have been stand-up at that time. If anything, it would have been like improv or sketch, yeah. um, um, Second City. But, but I wasn't in Chicago. I was in Rockford, Illinois. Yeah, like, then, then you, you know, you know what been... I was doing? I was like going to see like Fugazi. Okay. Or like yeah. I was like going to see like cool, like there was also like a really cool like music thing happening. Is that when you knew, uh, met Chris Holmes? Yes, yes, that's how I knew Chris Holmes. Yeah. You know what I saw that was really cool is I remember someone took me to the, we drove into Chicago. I think I was in high school. I don't, I don't remember. I might have been in college. But then um, I remember someone took me to this band. They're like, you have to see this. And I was like, whatever. And I was sitting there. And all of a sudden, it was like, like smells like teen spirit. And I was, and it was like Nirvana had just come out. And I was just like, that was like one of the pivotal moments. I was like, this is the most amazing. It's cool when you can like see music like for the first time like that, where you're like, wow, this is going to like change everything. Yeah. But I was more into music. But I think now they're more connected, and now I think the kind of people who would have been into music then are more into comedy, because also comedy kind of has the spirit more of what music had then. Because I feel like music's so overproduced now, and it can be, it's everyone's derivative. Like, I don't think Nirvana was, like, directly doing an impression of something retro that they were bringing back, because even music that's good now is often, like, retro, yeah, most of like uh, as far as like rock music, especially, yeah. it's like most of the stuff that breaks real big. If you even look at the Strokes, the White Stripes, uh, Black Keys, all mm-hmm. of it has been like really derivative of you know '70s, '60s rock. Yeah, like I mean, like I saw that band Alabama Shakes. Like every single song was like, oh, that's a oh, that's a riff. wing song. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a you know Aerosmith. Oh, that's a Paul Simon. You know, like it's like it's so derivative. Yeah. So only, so there's, only, there's only so many chords. Yeah, but the, what no, sucks I is like know, the thing, I know, but... the thing that like sounds like nothing I'd heard before. Which kind of like you know the, when you we, we hear like music that makes you feel kind of old because you don't get it yet was like dubstep. When I heard dubstep for the first time, I was like, I don't get this. Oh, I love that. But you probably don't like to dance. I love dancing. You do? Yeah. I just I, it's weird. I can't dance in a crowded area because I'm so big. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, kind of a bummer. Come out. It's like broken. You just you just carve a path of destruction across the floor. I'm so like, sorry. Gulliver. Yes, Chris, that's exactly what it's like. Thank you for making light of it. It's making me feel like you're a big and bucks. destructive. Yeah. So then you can't dance in open spaces. Well, like you, you know, like uh, there's a at the Echo. Like I'll go with Ed Salzer. So Ed Salzer, our friend, really loves to dance, and like uh, it's like a funk and soul night. You know. Ooh, that sounds. And fun. that's like it's a lot of fun because like there's. There's, it's not a crazy pack. There's a lot of people dancing, but it's not crazy pack. So I have, I have a place where I can have room. I always feel so sorry for Deanna too, because I'm like, can we go off to the side so there's no one behind me? The I last time, I, the last you. time I went dancing was Halloween, and we went to this. You uh, danced on your birthday, I saw you. Oh, I did. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. did dance on the birthday. 
but it's not relevant to this Halloween story that I want to tell. So, uh, <laughs> but you can dance is the point. No, yeah. no, no, no. I can't. I'm terrible. I just, I basically just spaz around. You should be waltzing. Yeah, I agree. Um, so <laughs> I bet he'd be good at that. We go yeah. to this. I bet he could uh, only dance to Devo. That's what I think about. Chris. I waltz to Devo. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be cool. Yeah. So uh, uh, we so we went to the Echo, I think, and for Halloween, and we're all on the dance floor, and Chloe loves to dance, and so we're dancing, and uh, I, I, this actually kind of scared me about myself because I'm not this kind of guy, but this guy kind of got up behind her. And she didn't really notice, and he just started kind of grinding her a little bit, his dick into her butt, and, he, and a little bit. <laughs> That's what and, they do out and there. And he reached down and started like he went to like rub his hand like up her side and up her ass, and I just whoa, I fucking just grabbed his arm, <gasps> and I was like, whoa, you are scared. Taken. Well, what? I guess you have to do that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I wasn't, taken. but it wasn't. <laughs> and the thing that scared me about it was that. It didn't even, there wasn't, it, the, there was never a thought. It was impulse and reaction. Like, I never even stopped to think, you know, I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know if he's crazy or if he knows how to fight or if he has a fucking knife in it. Like, I just didn't, I just fucking grabbed his arm and I, and, and I got super, like, alpha, which I don't do to, pe to people like on that way. On the dance floor, no. Yeah, yeah right on the, and then we had a dance off. No. Uh, <laughs> and so then, tied uh, your hands together. And then I, I said, I, I said something like, Whoa, easy. Like, I got really, uh, if I, had I been a werewolf, my eyes would have turned red. Yeah. Uh, and then I would have growled and like an animal. And, uh, and he thankfully looked at me and he was like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And I go, yeah. And he was like, sorry. And then he went away. He was like, sorry, you should check on the vibe she's putting out. <laughs> Totally could have gone in such a bad direction. <laughs> Not me. Not me. I want to know, like, did Chloe let how how far did she let it go though? She didn't because he wasn't touching her yet. Right. It, the, the right, first right, the right. first contact because it was like that kind of thing where a girl's dancing and a guy just starts kind of moving up, and it's crowded, and so you're a little forgiving because you're like, well, there's no room, so everyone's gonna be kind of bumping in each no, other. I know. It was the moment that he took his hand and tried to run it up the side of her body that I just was like, no. Uh, is, is and that kind of freaked that freaked yeah. me out about myself because I do you love somebody <laughs> so Chloe's much. Pretty hot, Shut so up, Jonah! You got you got to monitor her on that dance floor, man. Yeah, check out the vibes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no that happens. Like but, guys think that it's like a free for all there, and mm -hmm. it's just this they really place. do. And uh, and uh, yeah, but it was it was that moment of not being in control of. Cause, uh, cause it very could have, e like I could have easily just have gone pop and then like, oh no, why would I do yeah. that? Have and you ever been in a fight like that? Would no, you, I've never been in a fight. You've never hit some guy? No, of course not. I'm what not. Do you mean, I don't of course fight. Not. I'm not a fighting person. I don't. I don't fight. I've choked and thrown a guy against the wall once. Really? Yeah. What was that? What happened? <laughs> what? What did he do? He died. No. <laughs> no. No. What did he do to you oh. to in warrant that uh, in response? Oh, um, he. Uh, like, uh, I got upset because I was waiting in line for the bathroom at a bar. And uh, Damn. he cut in line like with a girl. Life. Yes. He, like, he cut in line uh, with a girl uh, and went into this one-person bathroom that I had been, you know, there was a whole line. And I was like, I was like, whoa, whoa, buddy. And then, like, he closed the door, and then he comes back out and, like, pushes up against me in this hallway, go, like, yeah, screaming in my face. He's like, you want to piss me off? You want to fucking piss me off? And I was like, dude, I just need to pee. He's, and, like, uh, like he, he's, he's like, fuck you. And then I just, like, said, no, fuck you. And I grabbed his throat. It was the first time I ever felt big in my entire life, like I could actually do something. I never know my size. And, like, 
Again with Every you. Time. Again with you. That was rude. Yeah. Again, again. I'm going to get a picture of you flipping me off. I'm going to get a picture of you rubbing your ass on the thing, and I'm going to sell it to TMZ. Joel He'd McHale. love it. He'd love it. Uh, so anyway, like he he like you know pushed me, so I grab his throat, and then I just like shoved him into a wall, and it, his head hit back, and he like crumbled into the ground. That's and then re- rad. for a second, were you like, I've just killed this man? I did at first. I was like, oh shit! Like I didn't want to do that, but like I like I was literally up. But against you were protecting the wall. yourself. Yeah, and uh, and you know, you, you don't fight, no cut, no cuts. No I, I, I would be lying if I were to say. <laughs> I, would, I would be lying. That should be the name of your album. Yeah. I would be lying no if cutting. I were to say that, you know, uh, that the little kid in me who was Natasha's height until sophomore year of high school, uh, maybe junior year. Really? And got, you know, no. got. Because your mom's tiny. She's tiny. My dad's 6'1. My mom's 4'11. Okay. Uh, and so, um, uh, but having that experience of always feeling kind of helpless. It just physically, you know, if someone sort of th- those those are gratifying. It's hard for me not to be gratified by a fucking bully getting knocked on his ass. Yeah, yeah I yeah. guess for anyone really. Yeah, I, I never. I think women don't really want to fight, but I think as a man, you kind of feel like pressure. I just didn't know what else to do. You know, like uh, isn't that famously why people become comedians though? Because they want to like fight for themselves, but they don't want to do it physically. Well, so when I was a kid, that's, yeah. all, that's all yeah. I had. That's all I had was right. like... That seems like every comic I yeah, know. Yeah. And that's why you say comics are nerds, but I think most most comics who do the kind of comedy I like are usually like really good at that. There's also like bro comedy that's like more like a, laugh I'm going to go out there and slaughter. Well, that's, yeah, laugh, that, yeah. you're just, that's Laugh Factory. You've just described the Laugh Factory. Uh, yeah, yeah, like it's The like, Laugh Factory is bro comedy. Up. Yeah, it's like people who are just like, they're, they're there to like destroy in the yeah. same way, like a sports event would. This yeah. town is a pussy waiting to get fucked. Yeah. Like it's that it's Scarface it's comedy. Scarface comedy, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think, on Monday nights at the. Come Emperor. on, come on. <laughs> and they just go out there jokes with a fucking machine going. Yeah. Come on, destroy, yeah. destroy. Yeah. And then you gotta follow that, and it's fuck yeah. But I think that the kind of comedy I am attracted to is more like, you know, it's. Smart and it's it's people who can lash out with their tongue, you know. Yes. In a real, you like a, a lashing tongue. Hot way. But you work a ton now. You work a you work a bunch now. I work a bunch. You do, of course. But I mean, what are you talking about specifically? I'm talking about like <laughs> like the idea that I'm a big hit, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that what? When was it last time that came out last year? My album? Yeah, the it was your second one, right? That was my first album. It was your first it's album? Coke Money. I I was listening to this interest. How many albums do you guys have? <laughs> two, I have two EPs. Two? Yeah. How about you? One. Well, here's what I was listening. Well, who's talking about this? Something like maybe a Fleetwood Mac special or something on some music. And they were saying like, your first album, I didn't realize this with music, it's 10 years of work. Of, it's yeah. with anything. I, that's what's so interesting. And so Soft. it's like you can really tell how good someone is from their second <laughs> album because that's usually like one and a half yeah. or one year of work. Well, they got a sophomore over. slump is what they call that. Right. It's like you, know, you have your whole life to write your first album. You have a year or so to write your second. Yeah, so it's like that. I was thinking about, or I think it was like a documentary I was watching on like folk, folk artists, you know, like James Taylor. It's like that first one is like so amazing. And then, so yeah, so it is hard to... To keep it coming. Well, also, as an artist, you're kind of, um, not to sound too gushy about it, but as an artist, you're essentially a, a product of your environment, and you have a certain lens through which you express the things that happen to you. And so if your first album is a huge hit, all of a sudden you have a lot of success very fast, and you have a lot of things that your environment is not what it was yeah. before. Yeah. And so, 
you know, you don't have as much time, I assume, or you don't you're have as much struggle. You're not uh. taking the bus anymore. And so it's just that everything just changes. Like your environment changes and everything changes and that sort of hunger maybe changes a little bit. And so I think that could potentially be th- an issue. As my acting teacher said, change is the only proof of life. Oh, my God. He's right. She's right. <gasps> the teacher is right. But change. Beautiful. I just, when I heard teacher, change. when I heard teacher, I thought, man, I just because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so what are you so, doing now that you're excited about? Uh, well, I need a job. No, um, I. Uh, are you coming back? I'm are touring. you in the third season of uh, Burning Love? I'm in the third season of Burning Love. I'm the first season's uh, premiering on E! on Friday, I think. Cool. Yeah. It's such a good show. It's, it's great. It's good. the only, like, I know it's going to be on TV now as a show. It's real funny. Yeah, but I've never really, like, I've never, this is the first, like, web internet show where, like, me and my friends talk about it like it's a show. You see that show, Burning Love? It's a, yeah, it's, there it's was a great another, show. There was another web show like that, which was uh, the Sklar's web series was, was funny like that to me. Back on Tops. Oh, Back on Tops. Yeah, that was a great show. Back on Tops is pretty fucking funny, too. But But it's cool how uh, they they re... Basically, that's the new model. They've had 12 10-minute episodes, and they turned it into six... They re-edited it to six 20-minute episodes, and then so now it's a hit on the internet. Now it's going to be on television. And especially that... In their format, in the the television And that type, like, that type of reality satire format is so easy to manipulate the length of it because yeah. it's they can just oh well these would have could fit together anyway because it's basically just one long arc is the series of a reality show yeah. so you could chop that up you could make them five minutes or 10 or 15 or 20 it's it's pretty fun and it's cool. great in the first season it's I, so good. I play um i repri- a reprise my role <laughs> that i always play of the Naked. girl with no pants yeah <laughs> i am i am really looking forward to uh, making the transition uh, into playing uh Hookers to madams. I think that's going to be happening. Too. <laughs> as long as men a lot of hookers are saying words. the same thing too. One day, who said have, that? No, just a lot of hookers are going to be saying oh, that okay. too. One day, I'll have my own shanty. Um, but yeah, I, I've been doing. You know, I'm com- I'm going to be in Arrested Development. I've got a little part in that and Community. I just did a thing on and you know nice. just doing some stuff. Got my own show. I'm working on for IFC. Nice. And then uh, and I'm touring, so you can look at my um, website. Natasha mm. Leggero. And then, uh, yeah, Coke Money. Good album. Oh, yeah, Coke Money. That's that's good. T- yeah. Took me 10 years. Let's see what comes next. Are you yeah. working Let's on the next? Let's see how good Double Diamonds is going to be. Yeah, are you, working on, are you working on the next one already? That's what, <laughs> what was the line you said? Lobster shortage. Uh, uh, last week, uh, like something about the crafty. Oh, like, I said there's no lobster thermidor at crafting. <laughs> lobster thermidor. I love that. I don't even know what that is. It yeah, it just good. sounds like the most fancy lobster you know, plate you can get. I always loved, uh, I loved your bit about what happened. Well, what happened is I was calling to see. That was my first bit. That was, I, I think, yeah. not the first time I performed. I remember that bit. Well, um, yeah, I'm going to try to work on another special I am, but it's really hard. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been on the road when I'm not, I just came off the road because I'm working on Saturdays and Sundays now, but, but when I'm done, I'm going back on the road. And uh, I think I, Oh, you have your BBC show. The BBC show and then the AMC show. So the one's on Saturday and one's on Sundays. And so, uh, but as soon as those are done. Because he does not like to rest at all. Don't like it. I'm going to start, I'm really going to start trying to take um, a Sabbath. That's my new (laughs) thing. Well, there's this new thing like a technology, it's Shabbat. I'm not Jewish, but it's like on a Saturday or you could do it on a Sunday too. But you take your, you turn your phone off and from like sundown Friday. So I don't understand. So you just like. 
It's 24 hour period with no cell phone. So like, no you, turn your, you turn your Wi-Fi off? So you're just getting Ye- data connection? <laughs> Where I can't even go to no, a store? You're not supposed to go to a store. I mean, I think you do it for you do what would be challenging to you. For me, turning off my phone, I would let myself watch movies because that inspires me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't email for 24 hours and, um, you know, just light candles and drink wine and <laughs> that all read. Sounds great. No email. I used to light a lot of candles hours. and drink Why wine not? when my power gets shut Because up. then on Sunday, I'll have twice as much fucking work to do. That's a good it's point. It's never going to stop, Chris. <laughs> it doesn't, but I, you get an assistant to, who's going to check your email. I have an assistant. Well, of course, but I'm saying you get them to help that, you know, yeah, facilitate but then, it. But then I just sh- think you need to rest your mind. Like, I'm so into my phone right now, and it's like driving me insane. I'm I need to take a break from it. Well, th- it's just that there, are, there that there are answers that only I have because people work for me. And so if no, they say, like, what do you need to do about this? It dry. It, they get. It fucks them up if I don't answer as quickly as possible because they're like, we can't do anything until you tell us what to do. And so I, I can't. Remember when we used to make fun of Seacrest for what you're doing now? <laughs> I'm not doing when the you, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you like to lay in bed with that little Chloe from Friday? On. Watch some TV, relax. Don't check emails. And from Friday at like six, and then yeah. Saturday at six, you know, whatever the assistant can't take care of. I just feel like, how are we going to get inspired if we're constantly walking around returning emails in Emails traffic? are really inspiring, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> They're so inspiring to hear the, oh, oh another one, oh. another opportunity. At replies, mm. Instagram, Vine. Yes. <laughs> what, are, what are all these things? Oh, I have to give a quick status update and make a six-second video, and then we'll be good to go. It's Oh, I like that girl's cape. Um, I like being able to look at the... People pass cavalcade of uh, almost stars. I just think that in order, I have, I, I, I should come back and tell you once I've tried this because I don't really know if it's going to work. But I really think that it could help because if you need it's comedy is about input and output. You know, it's like you need to be taking in. I mean, you take in life on the internet, but I just feel like it's a cert, It's so distracting. It's sure. so like it does something different to your mind than yeah. if you were just gonna lay around and like watch a movie and read and drink some coffee and then like and then the the movie you watched reminded you of something and then you think about that more and then you read this quote and then you come up with this idea for an article you want to write. Like how can you do that when you're like? I get stressed when I just sit around. You do. Yeah, I, I have trouble doing it. I oh, just you know, it. you're not just sitting. It's not like you're just sitting there staring at a wall. I mean. You fill your your you know your time up with stuff like um, there's I on smoke Saturday in a hammock. That's what my thing is. On Saturdays, <laughs> on Saturdays, like sometimes I'll just I'll leave my phone at home and then like go and like run errands and or like go record shopping. You know? Don't you feel better when it's not on you? Sometimes like it's if you great. know like especially on the week like you work on the weekend, so I'm not really sure what you're supposed to do, but <laughs> I I just think that. When you don't take it on a hike and yeah. you're there for, or like when I go on vacation, I love it because mm-hmm. I like, I'm not checking. Like I just went to Ojai to write with, um, with someone and, you know, I was like taking, um, you know, I didn't have the phone on and I got so much more done. Yeah. It's almost kind of a relief when you get someplace and there's no service and you kind of go, oh, well then that's it. I'm that's good. the future. That's going to be the new sixties is like going out places where there's no technology. Yeah. When you That's going to be like the thing that people are like attracted to. Yeah. When you and Ricky went to uh what else areas? Uh-huh. Uh, did you were you were you guys did you have a international plan or were you just off your phones? We were off our phones. Yeah. We were also drunk though. So. Yeah. There was there was Instagrams <laughs> when you probably guys got back to Wi-Fi, huh? Yeah, no, it was <laughs> it was and we were on email, but yeah, we were off off of that. Yeah. That seemed like a fun trip. It was really fun. Yeah, we went to Uruguay. 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I remember I saw her at the comedy death ray pageant show. She was like, we're just going to go to, we're just going to go down to. Well, that's the beauty of not having children. You're like, oh, it's Christmas. Let's go to Buenos Aires. Yeah. Where is it warm? We just looked at a globe. We're like, okay, well, the equator's there. So we should go somewhere <laughs> past that. And so then we just like picked this place. But it ended up being like really fun. We stayed in this like amazing uh, like I don't know what it was like a farm or something in Uruguay it was so beautiful like just like it's really hard to explain yeah it but seemed like a lot it, of fun but it was like a like we both like nice hotels so we stayed at like these real like this really nice hotel where there was a there was like maybe five people to one to each person staying there like I opened up my menu at the restaurant and this person comes with a flashlight like over me so that I can see Jeez. What? You guys are going to think I'm... Uh, no, was it like an empty... It wasn't even that expensive. It was just you were in Uruguay. Yeah. It's not expensive to a couple of millionaires like Natasha. Come on. <laughs> but at one point, I remember we were in the spa, and Ricky's like, I need another robe. My robe's wet. And I was like, well, just ask him. And we were just like, can I have another robe? And the woman comes back. She's like, of course. And she comes back, and she's like, on a, on a tray. She has two robes, and she says... <laughs> Is two mediums okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, and she flips the tray. Get out of here. Small, what do we look like? But it was very relaxing, and I do feel like it was inspiring. You know, like it was, it's nice to kind of shut your mind off mm -hmm. from that. I mean, you do that. Come on, you go on vacation, Chris. The drives, when you guys drive? Well, when you go to the bathroom, you don't check your email, right? You oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> God damn it. What else are you going to do during that boring pee? Ugh. <laughs> When is this going to be over? I mean, I, you're definitely a, a product of now. So maybe I, I, I've, I've been, you know, I <laughs> took a vacation. I took album. a vacation. <laughs> I did. I took two vacations last year in May. We drove across country. And then between Christmas and New Year's, went to Portland. Um, did Portland. you do a show? In, did you do a show in Portland? You don't like going I internationally? Um, I do. Well, I'm going to go. I'm probably going to go. We're probably going to go to Scotland in May this year. I love. I, I need to get out of the country like twice a year. I've never really been. Really? I've been to, I've been to Mexico and Canada. And uh, you're from Hawaii. I'm from Hawaii. Uh, there was the one time I was going to go to Japan. Me and my friend were saving up. We just were working like two jobs each, and we we're saving up to go. And then something happened in his family, and like uh, like he couldn't go anymore. And then like like we could like we were going to get a package deal. It was like a couple's package, but it was just going to be me and my buddy. And I, I couldn't afford a flight on my own. And then that, that Where was are you like, taking that wife of yours for her honeymoon? We're going to go to Paris. Ooh, that's nice. And then we're going to catch the train into London, rent a car, drive up to Scotland. Ooh, I love it. I've done it. that drive. Yeah. It's fucking great. It is? It is. But what will freak you out is that you have to remember that you're driving on the other side of the road on the other side of the car. What? Never mind. And so, <laughs> trip is off. so I, you know, I remember this was in... Um, Oh, when I was dating Jacinda, because she loved going to, like, we went to Costa Rica and all this. She would just, we'd go someplace with a guidebook, um, and we would land, we'd, we'd, you know, get a room somewhere for the first night that we were in a city, and then, and then just have a guidebook and then just drive. Uh, and I it, like that. That's it always cool. freaked yeah, me out because I was idea. never fully comfortable. You want with an it. itinerary? I want an itinerary. <laughs> uh, you want a translator? And uh, and and so uh, you know they were in retrospect they were really fun, but I remember the time kind of being like, ah, I don't know where are we where are we gonna go? Yeah. But um uh but so driving up through so you drive up through Scotland and what happens is 
you kind of zone out in the car, and then all of a sudden you'll see a truck come over the way, and you're like, he's gonna hit me! And you're like, I'm on the other side of the road. Yeah. Like, you forget because you're so used to... Yeah. And then you see a bunch of sheep just sleeping in the... I yeah. do not recommend <laughs> renting a car in London, and because we did that, where it's like, we rented a car right in the heart of London, and it's... It's more expensive. No, it's not that it's more expensive. It's just fucking crazy. Like, It'll imagine getting like three out. Hours. Le- learning, uh, not only that, but learning how to, how to flip everything... In a very busy city. Oh, you want to be doing that like in... You really don't want to do that in debt. Yes. So I go to Manchester then. So I... Sure. <laughs> so I don't know what accent that was. What was it? I don't know. Isn't it crazy that England is like... It takes like, what, five hours to drive across the whole country? Or four hours yeah. or something? It's like... It's not pretty big. amazing that it's like such a... It has such an, uh, you know, a, a strong effect on... On the entire world. The world. Yeah. So you're going like, to take the channel. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that'll, be, that'll be really to. fun. That'll oh, be really fun. Uh, we've also I've been got to some great recommendations for food in Paris. Oh, really? Yeah. Please like let me know. Like the best food you've ever had in your life. Baguettes? Really? <laughs> Too many carbs. Uh, I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to have any bread or cheese. I basically, what, so what can you recommend? <laughs> I, had the same, I had the same version. I mean, I had a different version of the same thing all through like uh, Switzerland and Italy and Paris and London, which was a version of a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> and in Italy, it was a panini. And then in in France it was, it was like it was a baguette or a crepe, yeah. uh, but it was basically just a version of ham and cheese, like you know jambon fromage, or or you know. Did or, you, you or went there as like a tra- like a student traveler? No, I went there. Um, I don't know. I was there in oh five or set was seven. And you just walked around and ate baguettes. Yeah. You didn't want to go to like all the nice restaurants. Well, you went to some. Oh okay. But uh, but during the day, you know, like and 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 by the way, these are really nice. You know, like really nice baguettes. Yeah, <laughs> they were like homemade, like where they fucking make them that day. French bread. No, I know, yeah. I know. I mean, everything there is just amazing. Yeah. Love In the it. metro, you'll get on Je the adore. metro. I'm looking forward to it. And you'll play Berlin's Riding on the Metro. <laughs> it's really. And then fun. you'll wait in line to get into a museum for three hours. Yeah. Lines. That's the one bummer. Yeah. Maybe not. I, I did like we were we thought about flying into Paris and then just maybe just driving just go to up Vegas to like a, and, <laughs> yeah, and go to I the Paris all there, every culture every microculture in yeah. one place Ugh, Vegas depression yeah. so uh, Natasha Legero on yeah. Twitter um but uh, yeah we sh- you know I I I I feel like I'm not getting to hang out as much lately with my friends. That I always liked hanging out with, unless they come on the podcast, and that's 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 pathetic. Hey, why do you think I was making people lasagnas? Although I have to, now that I'm thinking about it, you were our first guest. Really, you were the first person we thought of. That's wonderful. Well, I'm sorry it took so long to have you on our show. Oh, it's all right. But uh, we'll have to. Are you gonna take me out for spaghetti now? Yeah, we'll 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 get spaghetti. Spaghetti. We'll get some spaghetti. 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 We'll get some. We'll get some red sauce for you, Jonah. You won't have to eat any meat or anything. Thank you. I'm excited about your BBC show. It's fun. Yeah, the two Mostly episodes. Because I'm going to be on it. Yeah, yes. but you're you're going to do you're going to do stand up on the show, right? That is what they asked me to do. Yeah, that's, that's what been, I asked uh, for you to do. Yeah. the stand up's great because the room's tight, and so the audience, as opposed to a typical talk show, like the audience is as far as you are from me, and so you're in the crowd basically, and it's oh, that's and they're cool. real, and they're really jazzed. And they're really jazzed, and it's a you know it's a small crowd of people, but it's super tight, and so it's, and it's a, shot well. Yeah, Kinane just did it, and he fucking Matt Kirshen, and they did great, and so you're gonna be on, and Bamford's gonna be on, and Ron Funches is gonna be on. Like it's it's really fun to get to help 
put some stand-up back on television <laughs> when there's not a lot of stand-up on television. Yeah, especially in a, an environment that's kind of made for stand-up, because I feel like on a lot of late-night talk shows, it's, you know, everything's going against you, and you've got to, like... It's a fucking steeplechase! Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to try to overcome so much. Well, Natasha Leggero, I you really have, have overcome be. a lot. I know I have, you guys. I hope uh, I hope I've connected with with the um, th- the public. You she have. put on her sunglasses while saying that. <laughs> so I just want to. Uh, pulled the coat, pulled on, the yeah. coat up over the shoulders yeah. at the same time. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to connect. Natasha Leggero, it's yes, lovely darling. to see you. And uh, congrats. Uh, thank you so much. You too. And I will. Uh, I'll see you when you do the BBC show. And uh, to everyone else, enjoy a burrito, everybody. What is that? A, a mumble? A mumble brag? What's he doing? A mumble brag. Did he just talk about a burrito? Yep. That's the thing I can buy as many burritos as I want. Oh, mumble brag. Wait, mumble brag. what's the burrito? It's just Based something we say. An old story. It's just something we once. say at the end of a podcast. Oh, okay. Are those your good lefties? So the 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 woman who works at Starbucks went to Mardi Gras and she gave this to me because <laughs> so she's cute. a Walking Dead fan. That so is she was so like, cute. "I brought you these back from Mardi Gras. That is I brought so you this cute. back from Mardi Gras." Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop popcorn. Imagine this. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels. A symphony of just three simple ingredients. Popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist... Dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.